They didn't realize we were seeds. They didn't realize you were seeds. They open doors so others can walk through them. Your legacy is every life you have ever touched. I'm Stella Sagliari and this is Salt the Podcast. Welcome to Salt the Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is Ina, an embroidery artist and the founder of Indies Little Crafts. Ina is self-taught and uses embroidery as a way to express her feelings and thoughts. She's based in Amsterdam, where she lives with her husband and her dog, April. In this episode, we speak about Ina's trajectory as an artist, her childhood, migrant experiences, and memories that we will never forget. It is an episode dedicated to journeys and untold stories, diasporic life and Maya Angelou, our queen. Make sure to listen until the end. Enjoy this episode, beautiful people. Welcome, Ina, to SALT. I'm very happy that you're here with us today. Hi, Stella. Thank you for inviting me. It's really a pleasure. Same here. So, yeah, first question that I always ask. Please introduce yourself to us. Share something about you with the audience. Okay, so I'm Ina. I'm 30 years old. I uh, I was born in Albania and raised in Greece, currently living uh, in the Netherlands. I uh, live here with my husband and our dog, April. I'm a fiber artist. Well, part-time, because actually my full-time job is related to dentistry. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, you just said it. You are... Side time, you, you, that's how you put it. You are um, a fiber artist. Uh, you are the founder, actually, and artist behind in these little crafts where you create textile art and mostly embroidery. And I would like that you share with us your path towards in these little crafts, what it means to you to work with textiles and why you chose this name. So share a little bit about in these little crafts trajectory? Well, uh, I think that was always like a dream of mine. I came to realize it when I moved here uh, in Amsterdam back in uh, 2018. It actually happened at the same way that I was uh, doing some therapy sessions. So I just like, I think that came up and it was time to start. Uh, I used to draw as a kid always. I was always expressing myself via doodling or illustrations. I never had, like, to be honest, any professional lessons whatsoever. But any time that I couldn't express something with words, it was, like, actually my way of expressing my feelings. So um, at that point, I realized that this was actually following me for my whole life. And I was like, I need to do something about it. Something major happened for me that year. And then I think that was, like, the start of Indie Crafts. I started doing that on my own, uh, searching. Like, I wanted to express my feelings, actually, again. And then I saw that people, like, started getting interested when I started posting uh, what I was creating because I was very shy. I would never show anything of what I was making before. And then I had, like, a lot of push from my sister and my husband. They were like, yeah, go for it. And I decided that I think that's the start. I don't have anything to lose. 
even if it doesn't work, I will just start doing them. And it actually grew, which I didn't expect. I didn't have like any expectations whatsoever. And it made me like actually really happy. So I started experimenting. I started feeding. I started some online courses. And I felt that like people were actually interested in that. So I felt that I don't have to hide this, that it is like pretty okay to show like my emotions or my feelings in this way. Um, and the name, actually, the name came um, because I didn't want to follow anyone's path. I didn't want to copy anything. I wanted to create something of my own. So in the, I, I felt that it was like actually from independent. So something like new. But I'm not trying like, you know, to convince anyone. I just wanted to express like how I feel about what I create. Uh, that I'm not trying to to copy something or to take examples from somebody else, but how I see things. So at the beginning, I hadn't actually decided it's going to be only embroidery or only something specific. So I added the little crafts <laughs> in the title. Yeah, that's the story behind the name. Beautiful. And um, yeah, I mean, it has been beautiful to watch actually your trajectory because we have a common friend And when you started, I think you made some notebooks. You did some um, embroidery on, on, on the notebooks. And I'm a big fan of Frida Kahlo. And I remember one day I opened my mailbox and I had one of these notebooks in my mail with a very beautiful note from our common friend, Marilena. Yeah. And then she, she told me about you. And um, then I, I don't know, we, we didn't really talk more about it. And then I came across your page on Instagram without realizing that you are actually the Ina, the friend of Marilena who made this beautiful notebook. And I started following you. And then at one point, I don't remember how, then I, the connection became clear that it's actually you. And it has been beautiful to watch this trajectory of yours, because as you said, you, you studied, um, you're a dental technician, right? Um, yeah. You did something you could say completely different, but it was a passion that art was something that you had developed as a, as a, as a young child already and it's so beautiful to hear also that it's it was a way for you to express yourself that instead of words you were choosing art and that now you have made it into yeah I don't know I don't know if I want to use the word profession but you have really created something out of it not just for yourself but for the world and I also know Thank last you. year you had an exhibition in on a Greek island right in Seripos yeah. and you're offering workshops um, where you teach people how to do embroidery correct? Yes, exactly. It was something that I did not expect. It was a dream of mine because, you know, <laughs> I wanted to see all of the things that I have created in one room. I tried to do it also this in my house. So I just like put all my embroideries and stuff in one wall and I can see like my path or my journey or what I was thinking through each piece. Yes, this is, this is very, very nice. I also want to ask you because you address different topics with your embroideries. And I would like um, you to share with us which topics are you addressing and what is the reason behind it? Because there's some depth in it. Well, these are my personal concerns. I'm a person, like, you know, uh, that I will think everything, uh, the things that I hear in the news, things that might be upsetting for our society or, like, you know, personal experience that I have. One of the topics that it's like more interesting for me is feminism. And it's not like, you know, it might sound mainstream because nowadays you see people that they're posting everything 
on the sake of feminism so they can like you know gain some money because they just I don't know they printed a t-shirt let's say um for me it worked like in a totally different way because as I told you like this started as a journey for my personal growth so at the same time I would like put effort on the reading and uh, like making myself a better person so there are things that I am thinking and I want to express them. And I feel that there is a, like a part in our society that has the same feelings and opinions with me. And I just want to meet those people. It's like, I feel that this is like kind of a mutual ground, like sharing a thought with someone that I've never met, but they, they saw like what, uh, what I created. And then on the other hand, there are like feelings that I have on my own or my personal experiences. As I told you that I have a, a bigger difficulty in expressing with with words because I'm not like to be honest a very open person (laughs) so I go and like I feel that these are my words like each stitch is something that I that comes out of me like I don't know how how I I can say it like in other words to be honest no you said it very very beautifully it's actually a medium for communicating with yourself with your insight, but also with the world. And this is, no, you said it very, very beautifully. And I also know one of one other topic that I would like you to elaborate a little bit more about is um, racism, because this is also something that you address uh, in your embroideries. Also racism yeah. in Greece, your own experiences with racism. Can you share a little bit more on that? Yeah, to be honest, I haven't experienced myself so much racism. Um, I was born in Albania and moved to Greece when I was around five, six years old. Uh, maybe it was because I was like pretty young, so I couldn't understand those concepts. So I'm not sure if I have received, to be honest, in a direct way, but I'm sure that I have received it in, in an indirect way. I have seen it through my parents because when we moved, my parents did not speak Greek. So it felt really uncomfortable for me as a child. And I could understand that this is like not fair. Not because they were my parents, but I had those feelings since I was a child. And later on, I felt that I want to address those. I want to express those uh, thoughts. I felt that I am now like the adult that I can express those feelings with words properly. And that is the reason behind that. Thank you. And if I say the word artist, artists. What comes to your mind? What do you want to share with us? Um, I didn't have anyone like in my close relatives or people that I knew that they were artists. So I can like, you know, gain confidence or ask for advice. And during like uh, school, like nobody like, was paying attention to this. Like I remember like in art uh, class that we, this is how like actually it started like for me. Uh, we were doing some portraits and suddenly I just made a portrait that the, the teacher couldn't believe that I, I made that. And she was like asking me, like, who is actually helping you? I'm sure that you're doing like, you know, external courses. You need to pursue this. So I was just laughing. I found it like so funny and I couldn't believe that. First of all, I made this. I I was like always uh, saying that this was like a coincidence. I would never say that I had like, let's say, talent or something on that. And whenever discussed uh, in my house, like this was like, you know, uh, for sure that this is not going to be a profession for me. Like not even my parents wouldn't say that with words, but they were sure that I'm going like, you know, 
to pursue another career that will like will be something more permanent, like offering a good salary. That was like actually the general mentality, like you know, in Greece. Uh, but when I moved uh, here, it's not that I felt that it was a different mentality. I felt that I don't have to listen to other people's opinion. And I'm here, nobody knows me. I don't know anyone. So I felt for the first time free to start doing this. So, yeah, when art is coming to my mind, I felt that it was like uh, something really holy. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to be the best so you can like uh, be there. And whenever there was someone calling me artist, um, I will admit it, like I think for the first time that I had guilt and I didn't feel that I deserved that uh, that that word. So I was just saying that I'm a creator. I just only create when deeply, like it is something that I really, really wanted and still want. Yeah. And you are an artist. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Coffee, Ina. Coffee. Talk about coffee. It's a big part of my life, like really. I think it's a big part of my life since I was like um, a fetus. <laughs> my mother had cravings during the pregnancy when she was pregnant with me. So what she was doing they, was that like she was baking coffee beans herself and she was snacking those. <laughs> she, she was always telling me that she had wow. cravings <laughs> about coffee. And since I was a child, like I remember that uh, I loved the smell because she had the grinder. She would bake the coffee herself and she would grind the coffee. And I was like begging her to grind. I loved the sound, the smell and everything. I would steal a small spoon and just like put it to my milk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just like love everything around it. I... Um, at some period, I started reading more about coffee, about specialties, how it can be better. It's a big part of my life. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I feel that it's just like it's a small like uh, part of my day that it's like only for me, like enjoying these couple of moments before work, <laughs> nice and quiet. Yeah, nice. And um, Ina, you uh, you live now in Amsterdam. What is Amsterdam for you? When you hear the word Amsterdam, when you think about Amsterdam, what does it mean to you? Um, I'm really connected to Amsterdam, but not only like, you know, as a location, because people will say that it's a great city, and it is, I really love it. But for me, I think it was an awakening. So I'm connected to Amsterdam in a different way. I felt that I hit start when I came here. I don't know if it was like something that um, I decided to do at that point of my life, but I have connected it strongly to, to, to Amsterdam. As I said before, I started here in these little crafts. I decided to take my dog here. I did some major things for myself and they're all connected to, to this city. So I feel that it was like, to be honest, a spiritual awakening for me. And that is the reason that I'm like so deeply connected uh, with Amsterdam. It resonates with me a lot. I always say <laughs> I have a pre-Amsterdam life and I have an Amsterdam life. Yeah, exactly. Like same here. A lot of things changed the moment I came to the city. A lot, a lot. And I would also use the word awakening for sure as well. So I understand. Mm -hmm. 
Greece. Greece, I think it's um, the biggest part of my life because I grew there. Um, I have so many sweet memories. I mean, so many things. Although that I go back, like, you know, see my parents and for holidays. There's a part of me, It's I think it's like bittersweet. Um, I felt that somehow I was forced to leave. It wasn't like a decision that I took like uh, really lightly. I felt the... But although that I love so much the country, I couldn't think my future there. Like so, that's why I say bittersweet, because I, I, I saw at some point I really think that I want to go back. But then, if the situations are exactly the same or there is no change generally in Greece, I don't feel that I will then belong anymore. I think that also resonates with many of us. This bittersweetness yeah. and the fact that. We didn't want to actually leave, but we left. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that we carry it with us wherever we go. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps hurting us and giving us joy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. I understand what you mean. And Ina, can you share a book with us that you read and that had an impact on you and that you wish others would read as well? Well, uh, it's Rupi Kaur. She's a poet. Yes. Um, I was thinking now, like, which of them, which of her books to mention, but I will just, like, go with Milk and Honey, which this was the first book that I read. Um, I really felt that some of the poems would be some things that I have thought during my <laughs> life. And I felt that someone went out there and just wrote a poem about it. Um, maybe because of my personal experience, because I think that I relate to her a lot since her parents were immigrants from India to Canada. My parents as well moved from Albania to Greece. So some of her memories, the way that she's putting them out there, I think that I definitely lived those moments. So it was like really, um, Yeah, it was really hard to read those as an adult now. So I felt that as a woman living now in 2022, this is one of the greatest books that I have ever read. But this is something like, you know, I think it's subjective, but I see that also other women out there are so related to her. And that is why she's like so popular at the moment. Yes. And who has been your soul, Ina, who inspired you? I don't know. I cannot put a name, to be honest. Um, I think my life. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, there are like so many people that uh, passed through my life and they just like let me. I, I'm, a, I'm a person that I, I overthink everything. So <laughs> uh, I try to take a memory or experience from everyone and see how this is affecting me and how can this can help me. But my journey, I think, uh, from moving uh, from Albania to Greece and all those experiences, which I know that an average kid is not having, I think have been sold in my life. Like, um, I'm really grateful because they have made me the person that I am today. But at some point, I felt like um, this bitter, like, you know, that I wanted to have something more enjoyable during those years. So I feel that they have created the person that I am today and the things that I do. Like, I mean, for embroidery. 
do you feel comfortable sharing one of those experiences? Uh, yeah, actually, it will be the first time, but I think that this is something that I want to put out there. I remember like uh, when we first left from Albania because it was um, the situation, polit the political situation there when we left was pretty high. So my parents like decided that we're, we're moving. We're going to be somewhere safer for our children. I think I was like somewhere five. Yeah. So the first time that I left, it was with my mother and my sister. So my dad would join like a bit later on. Um, it was a memory that I totally remember the other way around, to be honest. And I came to realize when I was like an adult. So uh, I was leaving and dad was saying like, goodbye. We were going through ship back then. And I remember it as a kid that dad left us. So that wasn't the case. So I was like really sad. I felt that something bigger was happening. But as a kid, I could never understand what was going on. And of course, my parents couldn't share these kind of details with me as a five-year-old. I was living my life until 26 years old. This was like a memory really uh, that I have buried inside me. And somehow, I don't know how this came up during my sessions and my therapies. And I was having this conversation later on with my sister. And I was like, I don't know why. I feel that this is like, I don't even, I'm not even sure if it was a memory or if it was something that I have created in my mind as a kid. And then she told me, like, you know, because she was three years older, like, you know, this happened the other way around. We left and dad was crying because he wanted to come with us, but it wasn't like so uh, easy at that point. So he came to join us some months later on. And this was like something that I'm thinking now that it's like really hard, both for parents, but also for like, like me and my sister to, to, to go through. This idea of being abandoned. Yeah, being left behind. Yeah, going and to it a new was country. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, it was much, much bigger. But my mind as a kid was like only there limited, like to think that I'm leaving my dad and I'm not having him close. I could not understand that we're like, we're going to a different country. I couldn't speak the language. My parents as well. Yeah. And you spoke with your dad about it. Yeah, we did. We did. And um. She don't like, you know, it was like the worst memory that I ever had because I could see you living with your tiny backpack. Mm. And uh, she was like, I couldn't do something at that point. And like, uh, I was only crying, like, like watching you leaving. You kept it inside of you for so long before yeah. you expressed it, right? I think it was like so, um, it was a part that I didn't want to go there. Like... I had it always, but I felt like, you know, I'm not ready to deal with this now. And then later on, I felt that this has to come out. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And to whom would you like to pass the salt? What do you want to say? What do you want to say? Anybody you want to inspire? Or is there anything you want to, oh, you're already doing it actually, put into the world? Like, to whom do you want to pass the salt? To be honest, I would think like people like me, that they do not have, I mean, I didn't have the strength to, to show what I was feeling. I'm not talking about like, you know, creating or like uh, want to take something. Um, people like me, like, you know, that uh, they are listened to. There are people exactly like them out there. They can speak up. 
they can say whatever they feel and it's okay at the end of the day like even even uh, someone doesn't like their answers or their feelings it's okay like just go out there like express yourself and ina what is your question for me I was uh, thinking, like, you know, since I shared my memory, <laughs> what is, like, I don't know, uh, what memory that you will never, ever forget? I don't know, positive, negative, something that has impacted your life. As a child, you mean? Yeah, as a child. Whoa, now I have to think. Oof. I'm sure there's a lot. But, you know, when you get the question and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I didn't expect it. I mean, I will not just take what comes to my mind. Um, I, I didn't expect this memory to come. But um, it's a memory of my mother. Um, so I grew up in Germany. I was born and raised there to Greek parents. So we have, yeah, also an immigrant child. And I have this memory of my mom um, sitting in the kitchen. So I will open the door, enter the kitchen, and I see my mom on a chair And she's crying. And I ask her, um, what is wrong with you? Why are you crying? And she says, I'm crying because my mother died. And my grandmother died at the age of 56 um, after a really difficult journey with cancer, uh, pan pancreatis, pancreat, pancreas, how's it in English? Anyway, pancreas, cancer, which she suffered from, I think, for more than two years. And I have very vivid memories of her screaming, being in the hospital, having hepatitis, having tubes and bags and bags with all kinds of liquids hanging from her body um, and going through all kinds of stages of pain and, and, and happiness and seeing her at my aunt's wedding under very heavy painkillers to be able to attend her daughter's wedding. Um, I remember my mom and us going back and forth to Greece Uh, me staying with my aunt going she was a kindergartner going to the kindergarten with her my brother staying also with my aunt my mom in the hospital going back to Germany and then um, yeah and then at one point my grandmother died and um, my mom was stuck in Greece and then in the middle of the night my father went with a car with a friend to bring her back to Germany and we had to stay with some friends but Yeah, I have this image of my mom sitting in the kitchen crying and my mom was in her 30s when my uh, grandmother died. And it was a really painful experience for her because she lost her father when she was three. And then my grandmother remarried and um, yeah, not to the nicest person. But um, it was very, very hard for her to lose her mom. It was like her lifeline was cut off. It was like this was her her main family, you know, her main connection. She was so deeply connected to her mom. And yeah, it was so tough for my mom to lose her. But my mom is a very tough person. Like she's, she's not, yeah, she's, she's just very strong. I don't know. Yeah. And, but, but I know how much pain until today it gave her, you know, and yeah, as a little child, you do, you do not totally understand it because you're too young. I was six. But yeah, I have this image of my mom that I cannot forget. She's sitting on the chair and she cries for her mom who passed away. And yeah, she's in Germany, far away from anything, you know, also yeah. trying to create a new life, like 
your parents did in Greece and how, yeah, this fact of not having her mom in her life, yeah, has followed her until today. It's, 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 uh, yeah. So this is what, what came to Thank my you mind. For yes. And mm. it's also just to add, um, a little bit before my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer, she had confessed to my parents that she wanted to um, separate from my grandfather. And my father had told her, you can come here and live with us. And two months later, she was diagnosed with cancer and then she passed away. So unfortunate. And, uh, yeah. So that's also really sad because I would often think, how would it have been if my grandmother had lived with us, if my mom would have had her around her best friend, you know, whom she lost yeah. so early. And yeah, she wanted to leave this man and then she got cancer, went through hell for two years and then she died. And um, yeah, this is something that I always wonder about. Um, yeah, because, you know, when you live in the diaspora and we didn't have any family around, nobody mm -hmm. was with us in Germany. It's tough. It's hard. Yeah. And I know if my mom would have had her next to her, things would have been different. So. Yeah, this is where you made me travel with your question. <laughs> yeah, See, it was an interesting question. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I've never had this question before. And I like that you connected it with something that you shared as well, that there was some connection there, not something completely unrelated. Yeah, because I think there are some uh, memories that they shape us. And yes, they are so like deeply inside us that we... Although we think of them, it's like sometimes difficult to express them. I, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe because they're like so many years back or they, they don't make like 100% sense to, to, to say those in words. But it's like, I think, a mix of feelings. Yes. And then it's funny. I mean, it's, it's funny that, I mean, funny. You asked me this question and this was the image that yeah. came. I, I would have never, <laughs> when you asked me yeah, the question, you know, I didn't think this would come, you know. Because also for me, like, I think it worked in this way. Uh, the first memory that it comes to your mind, mind, I think it's the one that it has impacted you the most. So it's a question I think that uh, you need to ask to everybody. <laughs> yes, maybe I will do that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's a good one, yes. <laughs> And you know, we are at the end of our conversation and I always honor a woman at the end of my podcast and I have to say um, I sometimes do it last minute and I'm also guided often by my inspiration by my creativity whatever comes first to my mind and I love Maya Angelou I'm a huge 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 um, I don't want to use fan but she has had made a huge impact on my life and on Friday One of my best friends came uh, to visit me and she had been in Berlin and she had traveled with Kyle M and Kyle M had honored Maya Angelou in the magazine. So she brought a magazine, the magazine for me. And we are both, we love Maya Angelou. And then my partner came back on Friday night from a work trip and he also flew with Kyle M. And then he also brought me that magazine. So this morning I was thinking... Whom can I honor? And I had no idea what we would. Of course, I knew the questions, but I didn't know the answers. Um, and the first thing came was Maya. And I've, I think it's now my third or fourth time that I'm honoring her. And I don't mind. I will honor her for sure a few more times. So I said, I'm, I'm going to honor her. And then I say, I want to read one of her quotes. And the quote that came to my mind is, there is no greater agony than bearing 
an untold story inside you. And I think we talk today a lot about untold stories. And this is just, I mean, this is how I wanted to end the podcast with this quote. And for you, it's through your art that you are expressing untold stories or untold words because you didn't have the words or mm. you didn't dare to share certain stories. You didn't even dare to be an artist. So even this is something untold that is encapsulated in, 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 in these little crafts. And for me, it's the podcast. The podcast is part of my healing journey. It's, it's part of my untold story that I'm slowly unraveling together with yeah. my guests. So, yeah, it just shows me again how amazing Maya is. So we are finishing again with Maya. And yes, let you those know, untold stories. Let when them you out told there. me about, about uh, which artist I admire, Maya was the, uh, the second one that I had in my mind. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because, you know, in my bookshelf, like uh, Rupi's book and her book, like they're like next to each other. Wow. So I was looking at them this morning. And so I was like, you know, thinking about the question. And I just like feel that it is so like, you know, such a big <laughs> coincidence. But it's I, good I'm, you I'm didn't. really happy. Yes, really yes. Happy. But it's good mm. you didn't say Maya. Then we would have had Maya all the time. And then this effect that I just created wouldn't have been there. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. This is beautiful. But this is. To me, this is also what salt is about, to be open to the unexpected, looking for these connections, you know, things yeah, that exactly. come together. And this is also for me what, what kind of feminism is all about. So, yeah. Thank you, Ina, so Thank much you, for today. It was wonderful speaking with you, hearing your story. And of course, I will upload everything on my Instagram, my website. And to people who are listening, if you've been enjoying this episode, Please share it on social media. Please have a look at all the beautiful things that Ina is creating. Follow her on Instagram. Spread the word. And yeah, if you have an untold story, <laughs> see what you can do with it. And yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Stella. Something that is loved is never lost. I'm Stella Sagliari, and this is Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast.